0: Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Join us today as we explore the Word, giving insightful solutions for day-to-day living. We pray this message encourages you throughout your day. You can also visit www.thrivechurch.me. Now on to today's message. I hope you guys have enjoyed this Jonah series. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. There's things I've learned about Jonah that I didn't even know until I studied for this series Yeah, and I have a doctorate in the Bible, so it's been neat to learn so much about Jonah. Um, Quickly before I get into this, we do care about the next generation, even beyond just dedication. Um, We have a student ministry here, Youth Ministry on Wednesdays, and Alan and Emily lead this youth ministry doing a phenomenal job. They've been packed out each week with students coming in, and they actually teach students the scriptures. That's pretty cool, isn't it? It's not just like ice cream cake and. Let's play a little bit, play some ball and go home. They're actually training students. We believe in the next generation, um, as I shared with you in our Outlaster series. Today, if you want to partner with our students, um, they actually have a sponsorship form. There's some students who can't afford the full price. Some can full, uh, can't afford any of the price for um, this Winter Fest. They're going to Winterfest at Liberty University. And this will be um, uh, December 30th through January 1st. I know Emily made this because all the information's on it. She's very organized. And if you, in your heart of hearts, say, you you feel led of the Lord it's not guilt or manipulation if you feel from the Lord you want to give to the youth to help for this trip and help sponsor a student you can see Alan and Emily they'll be at the youth booth right after our worship experience today and you can just take one of these forms pray over it if you don't have any money take it and pray and say God you know if I'll tell you a dangerous prayer God I want to give but I don't have it if you send it I'll give it and the crazy thing is God will do that. So if you're like, I don't have anything, I can't even get more, do that. And let's let's support our students um, to see their lives change as they go to this, this event called Winter Fest. Exciting stuff. Thank you guys for what you're doing with our students. Amen. Well, go ahead and turn in your copy of God's Word to Jonah chapter 4. If you're new with us today, we've been in a series called Jonah, verse-by-verse verse series for the past several weeks. And we've been looking at this runaway, rebellious prophet named Jonah. Jonah. And so um, we'll be in chapter 4 today and we'll finish up. And next month, as Pastor Keith said, we're looking, starting next week, looking at the life of Jacob. Now Jacob's a messed up dude. If you feel like you're messed up, come to Thrive next week because you'll find out how God uses messed up people. It is so awesome. But today we're going to finish up on a rebellious prophet named Jonah. How many of you guys like movies? Everybody should raise their hand. That's one of those things everybody should. What about superhero movies? Okay, some superhero movies. One of the things that you like about those movies and why you raised your hand is, it's the bad guy gets defeated because he did something to the good guy, right? To you get that? Every movie, I mean, do you realize you watch the same thing over and over? Like the movie Taken, ever seen Taken? Like you are rooting for Liam Neeson... <laughs> define that guy like your heart's pounding that's his daughter they did him wrong and you hope you're hoping that he does something bad to the evil guy right i mean like when you're watching that none of you say they're like oh i wish you would just take it easy on him. Huh. like braveheart right braveheart right they, they kill his family you're like i want william wallace to cut their heads off i don't have to see it just have to know what happened right Or Mel Gibson is always getting in trouble. The Patriot. Ever seen Patriot? If you have a good movie, um, his family gets killed. And you're like, yeah, vengeance, vengeance, vengeance. Do you know it's built into our DNA to want vengeance upon those who've wronged us? built into us I mean when you watch a movie do a check of your heart and you'll see that you want the bad guy to lose you want Robert the Bruce in England to fall you want the good guy to win and you want the people to pay for what they've done right do you know that in our hearts we act the same way in life now, I know you don't want the person who did you wrong to have their head chopped off. You would never say that or go there because that's pretty bad. We've got prayer counselors in the back that can pray for you. You don't even want, like, their car to get wrecked. But you hope, some of you hope that misfortune would befall maybe someone who's done you wrong. I'm going to be real, that's been in my heart too and as I look at Jonah you realize in Jonah chapter 4 Jonah was sick to his stomach that the Assyrian capital Nineveh and the Ninevites, these wicked people were getting off scot-free he was mad, why was Jonah angry? because the bad guy should get his just dessert, shouldn't he? the bad guy's supposed to get his head chopped off you know, Liam Neeson's supposed to take him out rambo him and in the book of Jonah, that's not what happens. These evil people actually get off. Now, as we've been saying, if, you, if you've just uh, come this week, that Jonah was called by God to go to the city of Nineveh, which was the capital of Assyria. And it, it, what's important about that is, is that Assyria took the people of Israel captive and exiled them to their land. So imagine we're here in Richmond and you have uh, Canada says, Okay, Richmond, we're taking all of Richmond to Canada. We're burning Richmond and you're living as slaves. And we're going to kill most of your men. We're going to beat your children. We're going to do things to your wives. And would you like Canada at that point? No, Canada is very passive. They wouldn't do that. But I'm just giving you an example. You would be upset and angry that these people are doing this and they're killing you. And you may want to exact revenge on them. That's how Jonah felt because the people of Assyria were killing his people. And this, I mean, you realize it was on a level, and i told you before, that probably they were one of the most wicked cultures in history. The Assyrians, when they would conquer a city, as I told you before, cut their heads off. Um, or uh, um, Excuse me. First, they would bury them in the, in the sand, skin them alive, bury them. They're up to their necks. All the men were. They would cut their tongues out, stake the tongue in the ground, and watch them starve to death. And when they starved to death, then cut their heads off and build a pyramid to show we conquered you. That's pretty bad, isn't it? Yeah, I know the person in the cubicle next to you said something bad about you hurt your feelings, but realize Jonah was really hurt by these people. And Jonah did not want them to get off. So God said, go to Nineveh, you preach to Nineveh, and guess what? They're going to repent. They're going to get right with me, and it's going to be good. And Jonah's like, I ain't going to those jokers. They don't deserve it. They deserve to die. You know what Jonah does? He hops on a boat going the opposite direction. See, when God calls you to do something, there's always a boat going in the opposite direction, right? There's always a ship sailing the other way. You can find great excuses to hop the ship. And Jonah hopped the ship. He got on there and a storm happened. The storm was brewing and Jonah said, look, dudes, it's my fault. I'm running from God. I'm running from God. You've got a decision to make. You've got to throw me overboard. The storm will go away. And we're all self-preservationists in here, right? It comes down to it. It's me over you. Um, So they're like, Jonah, we don't want to do this. But I'm not mad. I really don't want to do this. And they throw him overboard. (laughs) And then the well fish, takes him, swallows him up three days he's in the belly of the well. and in that time we find in John 2 he prayed to the Lord he, he, he kind of got back to his senses and said I'll do what you asked me to do chapter 3 he is spit out like slime you know, all over him, he's climbing on the, on the beach toward Nineveh, he's pictured he walks into Nineveh and he preaches to Nineveh, this is the message he gives he opens the gates, walks in and says in 40 days Nineveh will be destroyed unless you repent now that doesn't usually work does it right it's like arguing with your wife. It never works. He walks in. He does that, and it works. They're like, whoa. We're sorry, man. We're going to repent. And, and they all put burlap on. Remember that? The donkeys, the cat, the cattle. Everybody put burlap on. They repent. They're, they're, they're in sackcloth and ashes. And even the king repents. And it, that should end Jonah, right? Jonah should probably only be three chapters. Isn't that a, just a fairy tale ending, right? Storybook ending. That's the way you want things to end. It's like, that's great. But then you get some insight into Jonah. And this is what I love about the Bible. The reason the Bible is so unique compared to any other um, um, holy writings around the world is it's not just instructions on how to be a good person. It's not, you know, uh, Dr. Phil's seven easy steps to be happy. It's not, you know, it's a story of real people who really existed in history. And they made mistakes. If you were trying to write a book to show that it was inspired by God, would you put people with mistakes in it? how it's so beautiful. And Jonah is one of those people who made mistakes. And let's look today at what Jonah did. In Jonah 4, we catch up now. Jonah's mad. And let's look at that. You ready? Verse 1 says the change of plans, which means God did not destroy Nineveh. He gave him grace. Greatly upset Jonah and he became very angry. So he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home God? That you would do this, Lord. I knew you'd forgive us what John is saying. This is why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you were a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. Just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if I, with what I predicted, will not happen. Do you see this? I'm angry because you gave them grace. I'm angry because... The villain didn't get his just deserved. I'm angry because the person who did wrong didn't get the death penalty. I am angry. This is where Jonah's at. This is his life. And the Lord replies in verse 4. The Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry about this? Then Jonah went out to the east side of the city and made a shelter to sit under as he waited to see what would happen to the city. He was waiting for destruction. Come on, God, please. And then the Lord, watch this. And the Lord arranged a leafy plant to grow there. And soon it spread its broad leaves over Jonah's head shading him from the sun the goodness of God was even in Jonah running isn't that awesome he's mad he's pouting I'm not coming back to church I'm not serving God anymore I'm just tired of it all and he goes he's he's pouting watching the NFL game day you know Tom Jackson and Boomer and Chris Carter and then like the Lord like has a a magical glass of Coca-Cola come and appear right for him not really but that's kind of what happened the heat of the Middle East in a plant sprouts. God's like, all right, man, I love you. You're pouting, but I love you. And I'm going to be with you through that. Because see, some of you today are in that, that place where you were hurt. And because you were hurt, you've been running. And you know what the Lord's asked you to do. You know his blessing will be on you. And he's even given a leafy plant to you just to cover you. Because he loves you. This eased Jonah's discomfort. And Jonah was very grateful for the plant. God also arranged for a worm." I love this. The next morning at dawn, the worm ate through the stem of the plant so that it withered away. And as the sun grew hot, God arranged for a scorching uh, east wind to blow on Jonah. The sun beat down on his head until he grew faint and wished to die. Death is certainly better than living like this. He's so dramatic. Um, He exclaimed in verse 9, then God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? And God's showing him something. He's trying to help him understand the situation. If if you are willing to receive perspective, God will give you perspective. If you are willing to receive perspective, God will give you perspective. One more time. If you are willing to receive perspective, the Lord will give you perspective. Because it's not about just the plant. Watch this. And yes, Jonah retorted, even angry enough to die. And then look at verse 10. The Lord said, you feel sorry about the plant? So you did nothing to put it there it came quickly and died quickly and look at verse 11 is the key but Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness not to mention the animals because you know people who are wicked are wicked to animals as well and in that day and time they were he said shouldn't I the Lord feel sorry for such a great city Now we don't know what happened to Jonah after that. We don't know the the, the rest of Jonah. We don't know what he did from there. What we do know is he was more concerned about himself and his feelings and his preservation than he was about people that were separated from God. Jonah was happy to be a part of the family of God, being a Jew. He was happy to be chosen by God. He was happy to have the grace of God. But Jonah did not want them to have the grace of God. And that is where our problem lies at. Today, if we want to compare ourselves to Jonah, we can look and say, you know what? I've been at a place where I've been angry and hurt and I did not want to see God's blessings rest on that person. Can we be real today? Can we stop saying I'm blessed and highly favored and say, yeah, I've been there. I've been there. Some of you are there today. I heard a pastor, a friend told me, a a pastor one time who, um, we were at a church and it was a long time ago, and and we were talking about this the other day, the pastor was so angry at at, at a couple of board members, he said, I hope they burn in hell. Do you think that maybe some anger burned in them? That he did not want God's blessings to rest on them? I mean, you don't want people to starve or diseases to come up on them, but again, you don't want them to experience God's blessing. And you have to realize as a follower of Jesus Christ that God has given you great grace. And so when, when grace is extended to us, we should want to extend grace to other people. And many times though what happens is because of our feelings, because of our hurt, because of our own situation, we want vengeance. I mean, maybe not Jason Stratham vengeance be not Liam Neeson vengeance but like I said we want some vengeance on people uh, I've been there as well and what I've realized is this those who want vengeance on others are those who have not realized the grace of God towards self Ephesians 2.8 says this let me read this a very very key verse on grace <laughs> Ephesians two eight says, "For God saved you by His grace when you believed." And what, I love this. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. You can't take credit for this. It's a gift. See, the word grace means it's charis in the Greek. It means free gift. And you can't say, "Yeah, you know what? I'm those evil those evil Muslims." Let me tell you something about the Muslims over here in the Middle East. I'm you, "Oh man, I'm tell oh, yeah, they need to all just burn in hell." See, racism in America is on a different level now. What if God called you to go to the very ones who are killing people like that and to preach the gospel to them and, and he says they will repent, they won't go to jail, and they'll serve me. See, grace is God's free gift to us. When you believed upon the Lord Jesus, God gave you a free gift. And here's what God expects from us to extend grace to others. People who are the the, the, the most graceless haven't realized the great grace that they've received from the Lord. And can I be real with you? That's how I am, man. I'm very, like, critical. I'm critical. Should be real. Okay? Be honest. I could lie to you. And I've realized in my life that many times when I'm so hard on somebody else, I'm not seeing how inconsistent I am. And the people who are the hardest on others and criticize others and judge others are the very ones who don't look in the mirror and realize you ain't got it all together either. Why well, I know I'm this and I'm that. I can do this and I can do that. Nobody does. But, but let's look at your life. And usually, the, and let me say this, and you may get mad at me, but the people hiding sin are the ones who are harshest on others. Because if they keep pointing at you, they can keep the focus off them. But the people who have experienced God's grace and say, I, I'm chief of sinners. I totally suck. Man, I, I ain't got it together. I'm a screw up. And you know what? Everybody has space to be themselves and they're going to make mistakes as well. See, grace received should be grace given. And my heart for you is not just that you love God and Jesus is awesome and I love church, but is it extended to other people? Because, you know, we really What we don't like, we don't like people to get things they don't deserve, do we? Right? Right? How many of you guys watch the the Grammys or you watch the Oscars? Like, Oh, they didn't deserve that. That movie was terrible. It was the worst movie in the world. That's how we are. We don't want people to get what they don't deserve. Uh, let me ask you a question. Okay, this week uh, we posted about Jonah 4. Who read Jonah 4 this week? Let's be real. Somebody read Jonah 4. Okay, we got one, we got two, we got three. All right, Jonah 4. I'm going to pass these out here. Uh, Jonah 4. Here you go. Who else read Jonah 4? He's, he's, he's quick. I'm sorry. Closer. Anybody, Jonah 4? I'm going to go over go this way. I'm sorry. I'm going go over here. Jonah 4. All right. Good job. Give these guys a hand for reading Jonah 4 this week. They read Jonah 4. Uh, that's a gift card for you guys that read Jonah 4. A gift card for you. Um, so you can go shopping with that. Um, that's pretty awesome. They read the chapter. How many of you guys didn't read Jonah 4? Let's be honest. Who didn't read Jonah 4 this week? Okay. Awesome. Okay. Um, let's do this really quickly. Um, who didn't read John? Which adult didn't read John 4 this week over here? Um, Tim, you didn't read it? You didn't. You, so you didn't take time to even sit down and read the scripture this week. You, you read a thumbs up, but you, I, 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 uh, Sharon, I want you to give your gift card to Tim. They're no, seriously give it to him. Yeah. Who else didn't read Jonah 4 over here? Lori, who didn't read Jonah 4? No, no, Lauren's not. That's nepotism. Your husband works for the church. Raise your hand. Who didn't read Jonah 4? Christina, raised her hand. <laughs> give her give her the gift card. You don't get to keep that. All right, who's the other one that read John? All right, all right, okay, Keith. Who didn't read Jonah 4 around Keith? Just raise your hand. Up. Who didn't read it? Okay, right in the same row right there. Right, up to your right, right there. Same row. You you get that to have that for 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 not reading John four. See, we were excited when somebody who did the supposed to got the gift card, and then some of you are wondering what in the world is happening. Somebody who. Did what they were supposed to and was alright had to give it to somebody who didn't do what they were supposed to. And I'll be honest with you, I don't care if you read it journal read 4 or not, I read it to you already today. <laughs> Overachievers over, over there. But something in our nature doesn't want people to get something they don't deserve. And do you understand that's the very nature of Christianity? None of us deserved God's grace. <laughs> Every one of us deserved death. People say, well, why do bad things happen to good people? Let me ask you a question. Why do good things happen to a bad humanity? Why does a God of love reach down to us while we were yet still sinners, died for us and sent his son for us? Realize that, that in our hearts, there's a desire for vengeance on those who don't do what they're supposed to. I want you to do today. The big idea is this. Gracelessness. To being devoid of grace. Is best expressed in the desire for vengeance. Gracelessness. Is best expressed in the desire for vengeance for vengeance and wanting vengeance in people's lives. So here's what I want to do with Jonah. Let's look at this concept. Here's three truths about extending grace because here's really my desire is that every one of you would reflect. That's why each week I I, I make you reflect on the cross, reflect upon what God's done for you. I'm not a broken record. I'm not stuck there. I'm not just an evangelist because I believe that once you know the grace of God and it's beautiful to you and you know the love of God, man, you can share it to the world. See, Muhammad Gandhi even said, he said, Bible's beautiful, great teachings, but the people just can't live it out to each other. Beautiful teachings, great book. Muhammad Gandhi rejected Christianity because he lived in a Christian home where they did not live out the Christian values of love and said he did not see love there. Friends, I believe the world is looking and needs to understand the beauty of grace. And grace received should be grace extended. So here's, here's the first point. First point. You guys, okay, you got really quiet on me. Either you're, you're musing or you're really mad. Uh, one of the two. Um, uh, grace received is expressed by grace given. Grace received is expressed by grace given. And look at Jonah 4, 1 through 3. This change of plans greatly upset Jonah, and he became very angry. So he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? That is why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you were a merciful and compassionate God, slow to angry and filled with unfailing love, and you were eager to turn back from destroying people. Just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if I predicted will not happen. They don't get their just dessert. Just kill me. That's vengeance at the highest level, isn't it? And see, grace received is best expressed by grace given. See, we, we, we love to fall in love with the idea of the grace of God toward us. There's so many books on the grace of God and the grace of God. But you know, the grace of God is extended to each other. When did you extend grace to somebody who didn't deserve it this week? Think about that. Grace creates space. See, grace creates space. See, grace creates space for people to be people. But when you don't have grace, you want people to be perfect robots who do everything you want them to do in the way that you want them to do it. Grace always creates space. So when you receive grace, you can give grace. Hurting people will hurt people. Forgiven people will forgive people. Hurting people will always hurt people, but forgiving people will always forgive people. And I read this verse in, in, in Proverbs, and it really, um, I read it a long time ago, and can I be real, to, I really do sometimes wish people that did me wrong would kind of like stump their toe and fall down. <laughs> I'm much better at that now. Much better. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. I I, I really, and I read this scripture one time in Proverbs, and it really grabbed my heart. Let me read this to you. Proverbs 24, 17 and 18 in the New Living Translation says this. Don't rejoice when your enemies fall. Don't be happy when they stumble. I just want them to stumble, God. I don't want them to get like really hurt. Um, For the Lord will be displeased with you and turn his anger away for them. Don't be happy when your, your, your enemies fall. Don't be happy when those who have done you wrong will fail. Grace received is best expressed by grace given. Because why? Grace creates what? Grace creates, help me church, space. And the ones who are most critical on others are the ones who have not exacted the grace of God for themselves. And here's number two, uh, the second truth about grace extended, is grace meets us in our failures. Grace meets us in our failures. Jonah 4, 5, and 6. It says, And Jonah went out to the east side of the city and made a shelter to sit under as he waited to see what would happen to the city. And the Lord God arranged for a leafy plant to grow there. And soon it spread its broad leaves over Jonah's head, shading him from the sun. This eased his discomfort. And Jonah was very grateful For the plan, Jonah ran again. Run, Jonah, run! He was running from uh, hopping on ships, running away from every time he was running away from what God wanted to do. And I, I think there's there's a lot of times we think. My cousin, I think this is the best expressed. Um, I think my mom, my mom was in hospice, I'm trying to remember the story. And my cousin walks out. And we're talking about the Lord and those things. She knows Jesus and all that. And she's from a she's from a real southern kind of Bible Belt type little you know mentality and kind of scared and fearful. And she comes to me and she's crying and she's talking. She says, "My husband, I'm scared. God's gonna kill him." I was like, "What has he done? Do we need to call the cops?" I mean, what's what's this dude doing? well, he's just not going to church as much. I think he's running from God and I'm just scared God's going to kill him or strike him down with a disease. And she was serious. She was crying and scared. And when I, and when I, when I heard that, I thought about two scenarios in the Bible. Elijah and Jonah. Remember Elijah ran? Ran as far as he could away from the very place God called him to when Jezebel started threatening him. And when he ran there, the Bible says the Lord sent an angel to make a breakfast for him. Oh, I mean, if it was the Bible Belt God, he would have just killed, killed Elijah right there. Lightning bolt, boom, story's over. <laughs> With Jonah, the fish would have devoured him in a, almost like a rated R type movie. <laughs> Torn to pieces, jaws. The plant would have grown up and, and like, you know, swallowed him to death. That's, the, that's, that's sometimes how, how how we see God. And I said, no. I told my cousin, I said, that's not what God's going to do for him. God's going to pursue him with his love. And God's going to wrap his arms around him. And God's going to lovingly bring him kicking and screaming right back in the family of God. And God's going to use him for his glory. And you've got to believe that. Why? Because grace meets us in our failures. When, we're, when we least deserve it, when we least expect it, when we've not worked for it. That's when God's love grabs us. I guarantee every one of you have a story of that, don't you? If I sat down and talked to you, you were like, man, I was at my lowest. I was a piece of junk. I didn't want to be here. I want to come to church. And God met me in my lowest point. See, we have this mentality, and you've probably heard God helps those who help themselves, right? Ever heard that? Give me a scripture for it. Please help me. No, I'm serious. Because if you apply that to salvation, that means that... So so you mean you actually can boast because you earned your salvation? Here's what the Bible does say. God is a father to the fatherless. He is the defender of the widow and the orphan. If you look at it, God helps those who sometimes just cannot help themselves. And they don't have the ability see, you were dead in sins and trespasses, friends. You weren't morally good and moving toward heaven and God just kind of like hopped in your bandwagon. He's like, hey man, let's ride to heaven together. You're pretty darn good. (laughs) You, you were terrible. You were a sinner. You were destined for hell. And God's like, it's like kickball team, right? Remember kickball team? I was short and fat in high school. I'm not as fat anymore. I'm still short. (laughs) Being real. I love food. And I love sports. I think I'm pretty good at sports sometimes. And on the kickball team, I was was usually picked last because I had short legs. (laughs) I couldn't kick very far. And I was picked last because I wasn't good enough. But do you know, the Lord, when you were lined up, we were all last. Nothing to offer the team would probably hurt the team. And God says, yeah, I want you. (laughs) Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that girl oh they don't like me and they hate me and they go around cursing my, yeah that's, that's the one I want. God chooses the weak things of the world to confound the wise and that's the gospel that the grace of God meets us in our failures. The apostle Paul even said this, he said where sin abounds grace does much more abound. Well, Pastor you give people a license to sin, no 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 no, when you know the grace of God you know the grace of God. You're not trying to work your way to get to heaven. You're so thankful for what he's done. Every act you do is out of love for God. And you don't go do those things because you love him so much. That's where grace meets you. And the Apostle Paul said, where grace abound, where sin abounds, grace, is a, grace abounds. But we think where sin abounds, much more punishment abounds. Get ready. Big Daddy's going to pull that belt out and tear you up. Even when God corrects you, he does it out of Love. Because he knows there's more inside of you. He knows there's greater things for you. God met Jonah in his failure. He ministered to him. He revealed himself to him. And he showed him grace. And here's the third and final point this morning. Is this okay so far guys? All right. Uh, the, the, the email for complaints is, is complaint at thrivechurch.me and that goes to Keith Rao and he will answer every complaint about uh, for today um, the third point is this, the third truth is grace is meant for the graceless and close here, John 4, 10 and 11, then the Lord said you feel sorry about the plant though you did nothing to put it there, it came quickly and died quickly but Nineveh has more than a hundred and twenty thousand people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. See, God loves animals too. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city, friends? You know who grace is for. It's not for Christians to gather together and sing Amazing Grace, hold hands. It's for people who are far from God. That's what grace is for. That's who you pray for. That's who you love. You need to be in love with people who hate the gospel. That's what I did in that punk rock band. Went, went from show to show. Got made fun of. One guy had a guitar strap on him. And you know what the guitar strap said? And, and, and I'm just telling you what it said. It said eternal life would suck. Before our band went on stage, he stood up and said, today, and he did his best Benny Hinn impression, and he said, um, named our bands, will come on stage, and they're going to they're gonna tell you all about this good Jesus, and how he's going to heal all your problems and help all your troubles, and they're going to take an offering up. These were all angry punk rockers. Gee. Thanks, man. And that's the people that God sent me to. And I fell in love with these people. I wanted to hang out with them. I wanted to talk to them. I wanted to understand where they were from. I wanted to pray for them. And that is who the grace of God is for. It's for people who fly planes into towers. They need the grace of God. I'm praying for revival in the Middle East with our Muslim friends we have vengeance and we want vengeance and those who don't have grace don't deserve grace and many of us if we would be honest in our hearts if you've been hurt today you would say you know what I just hope maybe they would possibly burn in hell that's how we're built that's how sin affected our lives the perfect candidates who receive the grace of God are those who don't have the grace of God it's the people who drive you crazy cussing at work you probably drive some of your other friends crazy cussing I know how y'all operate to Thrive It's a guy who always has dirty jokes to tell you. Like, oh God, Creepy Steve. You know? God's grace is meant for him. And Creepy Steve can preach the gospel one day. Grace is for the graceless. And God showed that when he extended his grace to the Ninevites. Wicked, evil people who were destroying the Israelites. Destroying people, killing children. They should not have received the grace of God, church. They should not have received the grace of God. But do you see, God extended that to them. I remember I was really hurt one time in in ministry by, by a dear friend. And I'm going to tell you where the Lord brought me from. And the guy couldn't see out of one eye and was losing sight in the other. And I was so angry and hurt one day. A a friend asked me to pray for this guy. You know what I thought in my mind when he said pray for him? And guys, I'm going to tell you, where this was several years ago, but I I wasn't even here to thrive. I said, you know what, I don't care if his other eye goes blind too. I was that hurt. And when I said that in my heart, the Lord grabbed me. He grabbed me and said, Kevin, you are wicked for thinking that. I just went on thinking those things man mine just run crazy I just yeah that's right I don't care if the guy goes blah I don't care you know what he did to me he deserves it today you may not be in that same situation but let me tell you what I realized was I started reading the scriptures and God began to correct me is that if I've been forgiven I can forgive if I've received grace I can give grace because let me be honest with you I've probably been just as bad as that guy has and I don't deserve to have sight. I don't deserve anything good happening to me. But you know what? The Lord's been merciful and been gracious and compassionate. And His love never fails. Today, I want you to think about where you're at. Where have you been wronged or hurt in your life? Where is it that somebody has done you wrong? That somebody mistreated you? Maybe it was church. Maybe it was a past marriage. Maybe it was a job. Maybe it was a friendship. But in your heart of hearts, there's been hardness. And you're like, man, I don't care. The heck with them. I believe today the Lord wants to grab our hearts and show us how to extend his grace to people. Amen. If you will, stand to your feet this morning. As you stand to your feet. I just want to pray for you over this place today. I'm not going to ask for people to raise hands or doing that stuff because I believe every follower of Jesus, including myself in this place, needs the Lord to do a work in our hearts. We pray for you. Before our worship team sings and leads us in a song, and we ask the Holy Spirit to touch our hearts before we leave this worship experience, we pray. Father, thank you for grace. That when we believed, we simply believed as a child, you gave us the free gift of salvation. While we were yet still sinners, we were enemies of you by the wicked works of our mind. You came down and rescued us. Oh, we were fighting and kicking and screaming. You grabbed hold of us with your arms. You said, I love you, I love you, I love you. God, thank you for doing that. God, I'm just enamored that you give me space because of your grace. Father, I ask today, in this place, as we gather together, Lord, As we leave here, that if we've really received your grace, could we extend it? And I pray today, my prayer is this, that every person in here would experience your grace. There are some here today, Lord, who do not know you, who've never surrendered to the gospel, they've never made Jesus their Lord. And I pray today, God, for the first time, they would experience grace first time they've experienced a free gift of salvation giving for for them who don't deserve it. Now I pray Father for the follower of Jesus in here I ask right now for every Christ follower that Lord crucify our critical hearts, crucify our judgments of others crucify our harsh spirits on other people, crucify the need for vengeance and God help us to extend grace